Welcome to the Football Bloody Hell podcast, a retro football podcast full of nostalgia, memories and recollections of when football was just a little bit better. In this podcast, we look at football in the Faroe Islands, one of the more different locations for the beautiful game. We hope you enjoy this podcast and please do share it with all your retro football loving friends. If you like it, please do leave a review so we can climb the league table. It helps more people like you find us. In the middle of the deep blue sea. Footy and the Faroe Islands. Another international break has come and gone. Of course, for readers of the English persuasion, this is excellent news. Although we saw a six-goal rollercoaster of a game against Germany, the majority of fans are glad to receive their final dose of Southgate ball for a while. As England spluttered through the Nations League, a small island country around 500 miles north have been enjoying a different run of form. Just put the possibility of England not getting past the row 16 to the back of your mind, as this week we're moving away from the three lions and looking at the recent splendor of the Faroe Islands. Minnows take turkey to the slaughter. We should start this article back on Sunday at the Torsbolo Stadium. The 5,000-capacity ground in the capital city, Torshoun, witnessed a veritable giant killing 125th-ranked pharaohs beating 42nd-place Turkey. The visitors arrived looking down from the summit of Group 1, League C and were firm favorites in this match. With a lineup powered by stalwarts at the likes of Fenerbahce and Galatasaray, Turkey pushed their North Atlantic hosts from the start. They'd beaten the Lansley 4-0 in the Nations League reverse fixture in June. However, adrift at third in the table, the Faroese had nothing to lose and really played as such. The men in white managed to stop the creativity of the table toppers. Relying on some invaluable goalkeeping from Tator Gestsen and a staunch defensive rearguard, the Faroe Islands managed to keep it goalless at half-time. They even survived an offside scare. Five minutes before the break, Turkey had the ball in the net. However, Kerem Akterkulu's fine lob was chalked off for offside, as he drifted behind the defensive line. Admittedly, Turkey had looked on top. Individually they of course employed a higher level of footballer. Yet, what the Faroe Islands had, was creative freedom. Turkey were yet to drop points and wanted to wrap up in style. The hosts had other ideas and with a devil-may-care attitude, the second half looked there for the taking. Turkey were hit with a double whammy, leaving their hopes for a flawless finish flattened on the artificial turf. First, on 50 minutes, Biljormer Davidson latched on to a top cutback from Solvi Vattenheimer. The Turks were half asleep as the left back took a touch and sauntered on to the nicely set up size 5. Fizzing goalward, it looked ready to test Altai Bayandir but his defender diverted the ball past him. Just 8 minutes later, the Pharaohs then looked to create a lunar eclipse of their rivals with the Crescent Moon Crest. Joan Scheman Edmondson, striker plying his trade with KB Baveren in Belgium, emphatically thundered home. His finish reflected the hallmarks of a historic goal for his country, as it had similarities to Mario Goetz's sumptuous strike from an angle to win the 2014 World Cup. Perhaps not sharing the same weight as the German, this goal still sent the home crowd ballistic. Despite Turkey getting one back in the dying embers of the game, the Faroe Islands' remarkable Nations League flame could not be extinguished. Serdar Gerla's goal on 89 feet was simply a footnote in an intriguing new chapter for a country that only received FIFA membership in 1988. The Great Pharaohs Make History The win against Turkey was remarkable in every sense. 
The Faroe Islands have a population of just 54,000 people, a number that Turkey dwarves in comparison. The transcontinental country is over 1,726 times larger in this regard, according to European football Twitter outlet, The Sweeper. They also note that Turkey is a whopping 526 times bigger in terms of surface area. And you thought Iceland's victory against England was a giant killing? Sunday's victory also saw the Faroe Islands carry on unbeaten in four games. It's the longest undefeated streak in their history and marks an exciting new era for the Minnows. So, what of the island's football history? Of course, football on the Faroes existed before their 1988 FIFA membership, but how long do you want this article? Over the decades since, the highs and lows have been polarizing. The Faroe Islands made football history on 12 September 1990 when they beat Austria 1-0 in their first ever competitive international. With Torkel Nielsen getting the only goal, it was a good start indeed. Interestingly enough, Nielsen is widely regarded as one of the island's best chess players. Checkmate then, Austria. Goalkeeper Jens Martin Knudsen was also marvelously bobble-hatted by the way. One month later, reality struck as Denmark walloped them 4-1. Huge defeats came at the hands of Yugoslavia, Romania and Norway. All by seven goals to nil, Yugoslavia would go one better and thrash the Lansley 8-1. Regardless, in the mid-90s, Faroese football generally continued on an upward trajectory. Good results came against stronger teams. Additionally, Swede Alan Simonsen was appointed head coach in 1994. The former Borussia Mönchengladbach and Barcelona player looked a real steal and he arrived with ambition. In his seven-year tenure, he asked the island's football administration to lengthen the league season, as well as improving scouting for talent at club level. These were important steps, as the amateur side were lifted to professional standards. Other notable results and a look forward. Slowly, as the quality of football grew, the Faroe Islands grabbed a few scalps before this victory against Turkey. In 2001, Luxembourg would be beaten twice. A year later, the mighty Faroes would draw 2-2 with Scotland. A period that is forever fabled comes quite a while later against Greece. In November of 2014, in a Euro 2016 qualifier, the Greeks were beaten 1-0. At the time, The Guardian reckoned the win was the biggest ever upset in terms of rankings, as the 187th-placed side beat the 18th-placed Ethniki. Less than a year later, that same Greek side were beaten again, this time at home, where it ended 2-1. These two wins alone saw the hosts move from 187th all the way up to 74th in the FIFA rankings. Throwing it forward to the present day and beyond, the Faroese national team has 13 full-time professionals playing in the Belgian, Norwegian, Danish, Swedish and Icelandic leagues. Compare this to that 1990 team who won the country's first international under FIFA, that team was entirely made up of amateurs. After this latest victory, growing professionalism and a knack for the shock victory intertwined with the national football identity, it makes you wonder. Who's next? Thank you for listening to our Football Bloody Hell podcast about football and the Faroe Islands. Please share this podcast with your fellow football-loving friends and family and leave a review wherever you get your podcasts from. That will help us reach more people like you and spread the retro word. Today's podcast was written by Max Bradfield and narrated by Roger Tubor. We will be back soon with another short podcast for you to enjoy.